0: Steve, episode 50 of the Broadway Block. Can you believe we did 50 podcast episodes already? Here we go, man. Here we go. Today we got on the block. Who do you who are your best New York Rangers free agent signings and who are your top 3 worst New York Rangers free agent signings? Uh me starting with me. Um no, Best. not you. Not you as a free agent signing. The Rangers did not sign Steve.
1: Best has to be Panarin of my lifetime. Like of, of your of your lifetime. Yeah, uh, yeah. Panarin has to be number one. But number. I guess three of them, huh? Grabner sticks out in my head as one of those guys that, um, especially like you think about the team right now, like trying to grab at straws, giving a guy a chance. He came in and I think immediately um i mean it's five on five numbers are great i remember the penalty kill however great is um very exciting to watch and then you flip them for assets as well i think it was it really stood true to like what we're doing right now is trying to get the best of a player while you kind of have them so i feel like just a quality kind of signing overall um Stroman ended up being a pretty good player he obviously goes on to the bolts and uh than the Panthers, but we're <laughs> talking guys that hung out. Um, I mean, Gabrick was a fantastic player. You can so, only you know, have
0: three. You can only have three. All
1: right, Gabrick has to be above Grabner and then Panarin. Panarin's definitely – I mean, how can he not – he comes in immediately successful, has chemistry with the squad. Um, I mean, yeah, and, and is on – Everyone, you know, has something to say about the playoff performance, but I feel like the one point three eight goal, you know, points per per game pace that he's been on for the last, I mean, three years. He's up there in top five scoring for all these these seasons. So Panarin's gotta be one of the at least the best of my my lifetime. What would be your three?
0: Well, ironically, same on my list, number one. Actually, I'll go from the top, bottom three. Number three best New York Ranger free agent signing. I have Marion Gabrick. He came to the team. He made an immediate impact when he was healthy. He was scoring goals. He was making his teammates better. Um minus that second season with that rough boarding call. That, like, you know, it makes you kind of think what could have been with the Rangers if that didn't happen. Number two, I got Wayne Gretzky. You know, we didn't see the team around Wayne. And this is um, player bias because I'm a huge Wayne Gretzky fan. It's one of the reasons why I'm a Rangers fan. We share the same birth date. So I, as a kid growing mm-hmm. up, yeah, January 26, me and Wayne Gretzky. And as a kid growing up in New Jersey and when the Devils started winning cups, like everyone around us was, you know, if it the team around your area is winning, everybody expects you to be part of that fan base and i just wasn't i wore number 99 so that's a little backstory for me and wayne gretzky but he signed a two-year eight million dollar deal we went to the eastern conference finals his first year um sucked we lost the flyers in five i think that was um and the chemistry never was fully like what everyone thought it was going to be with him and messier it never happened but it was just kind of cool to see the like the great one come to Broadway and. Put up numbers. I think his second year, he led in assists for the Rangers. So for me, that was number my number two. And then my number one, the Breadman. The story's still being written. I think uh, stealing them away from the Islanders was just one of those things because that could have pushed them over to beating the Bolts those two years in the Eastern Conference Finals. So to have a direct effect on one of our main rivals, awesome. Every time he steps on the ice, it's kind of electric to watch him play. I think the playoff chemistry will be there, like when we get back there this year. So uh, that's my number one guy, Breadman or Temi Panarin.
1: Hard not to argue. I mean, as far as making an immediate difference, as far as like you know, everybody talks about the playoffs, but like you got to get there. And without Panarin, I don't think you. I don't, I don't
0: think, think you we have a, a shot every day. Yeah. All right, so now we got – what do we – we got – who are the worst New York Rangers free agent signings
1: for you, Steve? I mean, recent memory, Jake Nemeth and Tenorti, I think we can just kind of bundle up. <laughs> as soon, as a,
0: as a, that, those are know. like honorable mentions, though. They Like, we were able to keep it
1: moving with those guys. Like, yeah, it sucked <sighs> to watch them out there, but – I think we're still paying. We're still paying minority. No, um, we might be. I don't, it, I don't. It's it's hard to, it's hard to really get on board with that. I don't know. You know, you want to, you want to say maybe Scott Gomez is like a bad one, um, but not when you think about the trade. You can't uh, think
0: about it. It's just a free agent signing. If, yeah, if I, that trade never happened, because he, I'll I'll give you a little. He's my number three worst one. Okay, I mean like it takes the sting off you it know takes I mean, the for... sting off it, but if that didn't happen, if the halves weren't stupid enough to do that.
1: I think um No, I think I'm I'm solid in my, my combo for, for three. <laughs> uh, Gomez was bad, but it, but it takes the sting off. It's not that what would be the worst? it i maybe i'm I'm having like memory loss. I can't think of like a really bad bum one that we've had at least at least recently I'm trying to think of someone who just didn't really work out who's your three while I'm Well um well, no Scott Gomez
0: was my number three number two for me. We'll do my list real quick. My number two this will get the gears going for you, Steve. My number two was Kevin Shattenkirk only because the hype train was like so high like. he never played how he played on the blues even the caps got him for a little partial season there and he he never played to the performance that he gave them um so that was rough because it was a four-year deal and i think we're still paying him for that 26.6 million and he was another like we wanted him to be like a fox like meaning like another hometown player coming back like good feeling but also the same thing as Scott Gomez like the team wasn't ready for that kind of player to be around like we were in the middle of the rebuild so it's like he didn't really have a place my worst one would be and this is probably a lot of people are going to debate this one would be Brad Richards like Okay, we were so desperate for a centerman like that. We gave him that big contract. He was already eleven years in the league by the time we gave him that contract, which like the NHL is just starting to be comparable to the numbers of that nine year, $60 million contract. So we got we got good play out of him. We got decent play in the playoffs with him. He was reunited with Marty St. Louis to try to win a cup for us, but didn't. And then the extra extra hurt for me is not only did we get not the best Brad Richards, but then after he left, after we did the compliance buyout, he went to the Blackhawks and won a cup. Like, okay. So that 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 really added an extra sting in there for me. So for me, that was my number one Brad Richards worst
1: NHL free agent signing. I I would I would say that a a lot of the allure um to come to New York has to be here but we're in this like unique spot now where it's like there's not a lot of money to pay out for a free agent you know but at the same time you know it's like a catch 22 like we, you need an attractive team yeah, to yeah, draw all those people in but, and we have that team you know but we don't have the money to spend on like a marquee free agent so, so it's like you know all of these you know i guess when 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 i think about those best ones and and grabner i think shines um in, in was amazing. also a great one it, well, i'm sorry Pulia you know like guys that are workhorses exactly like that that will, one-year
0: deals that don't break the bank yeah, like a, don't maybe bank. tyler mott might make that list as like one of the best <laughs> trades like you know later
1: yeah, and and guys that I think immediately come in and know what their job is, you know. And, I'll, and people people might put Ryan Reeves on that list of of a bad free agency signing, especially like, you know, if we're just talking production. But as far as I think coming in knowing a role and setting a tone for what um for what needs to be done, it, that it goes to say when you take that contract on, you know, you come on knowing exactly what is expected of you and a guy like Panarin, that is what is expected of you and that's why he's such a great Uh, Asset Because I think everyone who saw him coming in was expecting, you know, an 80 to 90 point um, player. And and that's what we got. And and then some. So and with the the show that from what he's shown, I mean, he can replicate it, I feel like on a consistent level. So I think with those expectations and exceeding those is what what makes you say the
0: Ryan Reeves thing. I was actually um, went to go grab a tea for the podcast today and I saw my Brashear T-shirt in there. And I was like, oh, remember that when we needed tough guys? That was like our last round when we were like, we need some tough guys here. And I was like, I wonder if Ryan Reeves will go down like that. Like same kind of thing.
1: Like we needed tough guys. So we we brought him in. Yeah. I and mean, for what it's worth, I feel I feel like he has such a long career in, in some behind the bench aspect because I, I feel like he really embodies to to me what the team is all about or what uh A-team is all about – he he hypes up everybody. He's one of those dudes that knows exactly why he's there. And it's it's tough for me to justify his on-ice performance with what he brings to the locker room. So, I you know, I hope for him he's got a long career in, uh, in coaching. Well, he and some he did
0: give us – he was leading at parts of the season last year in hits in the league. And he had his most assists he's had career-wise with us. So like the numbers for him were he's like, one more can I give you guys I'm giving you I'm giving you all I got here like this Max is production yeah that's that's what it is so
1: right well it's hard to justify it especially with the the money that could be spent on a guy like Mott and you lose out on a guy like uh you know the, those the are like happy of, findings like
0: you know like everybody you don't realize like you know like a Grabner's cool. coming
1: or a Mott like that like those are the, the players that we need to kind of I think if we're gonna attract anybody over that's gonna fit in really well it has to be the one of those budget type players and and that's what I think makes players like Jesper Faust losing guys like that um stand out even more because it's like you already had the the work engine role type players that we're going <laughs> to now We're, we're like, all oh, right, now we budget. got rid of
0: that guy. We need to find the next guy who's our yeah. workforce. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and just hope that they'll kind of be on board and, and buy into the the process. So um, I think for, for us, our options are pretty, you know, limited, you know, as far as <laughs> signing anybody out there, who's, you know, really available. I'm, I'm interested actually to, to check out Carpenter. He sounds like a, a nice little, Role kind of player that might kind of challenge a guy like uh Hunt in that in that fourth line role, so we'll see. And uh, you know, hopefully, one of these guys can latch on to a, a career year for themselves and, and etch out a role, um, because you need those guys. So, did wait, did you have your
0: who was your worst New York Rangers? I,
1: I if I'm gonna say recently <laughs> biased, I'm gonna go with the the Nemeth and Tenordias as, as as, as, two l- and a, as two and a three because. It's just it's so it's so wrongfully it, it's so in the right direction but so like wrongfully managed that um that those guys really really stand out in my head. Um, I think and, even and, when and, that and Nemeth Deanna's...
0: signing happened, we were like we were both like okay, like well he could be good. We need a
1: little. He's a little tougher back there, a little bigger guy, Nemeth. And uh, and to your point, you know, Chat and Kirk like being like the. The end of the end all be all to that is that he ended up finding success somewhere else. So it's like the, it even stings more for guys like that. That and now he's on the Ducks. Does that right, be, are they
0: are they the new Rangers like uh, West Coast? Like you know how we used have they
1: got Vetrano, right? Like Stromer. Stromer.
0: There was someone else I saw on their roster that I was like, wait, he plays for them.
1: That doesn't matter. It doesn't uh, matter, it, but like that's
0: what it got me thinking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's where we're at, man. It's like people have to kind of look at these guys that had some success somewhere or give them a shot. Um, you know, guys like D'Angelo is going to get a chance, uh, you know, somewhere all the time because someone's going to always justify that their whatever performance, whether it be on ice or off the ice, is always, you know, worth a shot somewhere else. So, I mean,
0: well, I, I that's what I do love about the NHL. Like everybody usually gets a second, third. Maybe even a fourth, fifth go round. Like yes, so, you're doing little. As we're celebrating our 50th episode, one of the things me and Steve always went back and forth on was, is David Quinn gonna get rehired somewhere as a head coach? I was all gloating when I saw the Bruins passed on him. I was like, no way, no one else has taken him, and boom, Mr. Steve shark attack over there. He called it. So that was the one fun thing for us as the Broadway block. Anybody that watches that. Steve called the David Quinn
1: thing. And if it doesn't work out there, I'm sure he's going to get another shot somewhere too. Well, he's young too. And that, I think that's the, um, I think if anything, it kind of goes in his favor, the way, like in hindsight, the way that it all ended, because it did kind of seem unwarranted. He was like, I'm fired. Right. And when they clean (laughs) out the rest of the house, then it, you know, then it leads you to think, oh man, maybe he wasn't the problem. So the, the Sharks are also in a spot where, like, what could – what would be a bad enough season? You know, they were already, like, you know, one of the worst teams. And, and, like, when you go into long stretches like that of being a bad team, it it warrants a new coach, sure, but what pressure is on him for them to really succeed right out of the gate and how long of a leash do they have? Are they going to, you know, kind you- sort of sort blowing it up and tearing things down because – um. <laughs> You have that's to kind of start point, to question though. that when you're when you're in a position.
0: Sorry, go ahead. It's a good point what you're saying though. Like when you're that bad, like you go through like two to three year coaches, year and a half coaches, until you find that guy that you can be like, all right, well you we can start finally start rebuilding. So maybe he's just a transition coach.
1: Yeah, and like that's sure, that's not a bad way to, to do things until you find some success somewhere. And then again, if they end up doing, you know, what would be what would be them performing well for him to continue working there for a good amount of time, you know, 15th place or, or greater would be a success, but you know, probably 20th to 15th is is where they're finished. And then that'll be looked at as like, you know, they'll did a great job. So we'll see. Who are you like, uh, I guess, who do you think's got a, a boomer bus kind of over their head? Because there's, there's a few teams that if they don't perform, there's really kind of a, a clock on them, you know, like the Bruins, I, I'll um, give you, you two from two the from Panthers,
0: the maybe. Yeah, I'll give you two from the East Coast and then two from the West Coast. All right, perfect. Boomer bust is like well, for our boy Lindsey Ruff, like if they don't start looking semi competitive in New Jersey, like he's going to be gone then like you know firing the coach, then you, all those other players got to learn a whole new system everything, new coaches. So I'm going to say the Devils and then I'm going to also go and say the Panthers. Um Panthers were like, you know, they look great. They won, had the most points last year and everything. So I think if they don't show success again, especially after firing their coach, then that's kind of a boom or bust breakdown kind of thing. On the West Coast, I would have to say the Blues. Blues have been stacked up for a while now that like, you know, I don't know where they sit on contracts and who's due money, who isn't, whose contract's expiring. They have Tarasenko. They have all these guys over there that you got to think like, you know, if that doesn't work, then you got to break it down. Um, My other one would have to be the stars. The stars are similar to like the blues in the sense that they've been piling on pieces and building around that like core pieces, but nothing's really come of it. So I think, I think it's a breaker must like, make the playoffs and have a deep run this year for them. You could honorably mention the wild as well for that.
1: Yeah. I was going to say the wild, are kind of in <laughs> like a weird cap situation yeah. where, you know, and this is also if, if Kriprosov comes back in a way where he can have a meaningful season, like he did the year before and replicate that Um, for, for a team that could really do either one, the Canadians, I feel like um, where they were and, uh, a season ago, and where they were a, a two seasons before that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they made a push and made some meaningful games out of it late in the year. But I, I will they could be, be all up and down with like you know like yeah they could get on some streaks is what I'm saying. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they were kind of at the bottom of the division um, for a while. Um, as far so you, don't, as... you don't
0: see Sean Monahan lifting the cup for them this year.
1: <laughs> I don't. I it's like. It's fine too because I don't think that I don't I think that they're in that same way that we were that you know, any success is great, but it's not um, the 2017 it's not very, to 21. Yeah, you I think you want a, a meaningful draft pick and that that top end to really kind of build around, but that's um, as far as like you know, the Islanders to me, really boom or bust. I mean, they they could be challenging for a playoff spot, you know, they could be kind of. Looking towards the bottom of the division again. I mean, it it really it really all depends. And if they kind of don't have that immediate chemistry, you can only h- wonder. You know, how long is this going to go before you have a complete disaster like you did the season before? Do
0: you think if they have a disaster season, Lou is out of there,
1: Lou Lamarella? Well, I mean, he's been given a long enough leash. I mean, at, at a point, you have to do something, and um. It, do they have a a whole lot to play with at the the deadline? Not especially, so it it remains to be seen. Especially, like I said, if they get off to one of those really bad starts, um, that could really really cement their future for them. But, um, the Devils, I would maybe put in that kind of category because I, I think they made improvements too, like you said. But if they had if they had that kind of uh eruptive start, maybe, maybe they add on. um. But that's also scary because I don't think they're really quite ready for that as well. But it's, it's funny, you know, people challenge the idea of this rebuild, you know, but this has really been four years and it's been such a quick turnaround to it go. Could from... take, it could take close to a decade before mm-hmm. you get it right. Like, mm-hmm. so. Oh, in Edmonton, come on. You have to, you know, you got Connor McDavid willing games, setting records in the playoffs. For 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 the season, I feel like that he's had these last three years. The the for what he's doing in modern day hockey. I mean, you have to you have to build around this guy, and you have to pull the trigger. Um, and if you don't, this guy's gonna you know. Did they get their goaltending finally figured out? You think that's gonna no? And I and, don't see it for them either and i would say that uh you know it's it's going to be time for like the guys in our division you know the capitals the penguins like who's going to be these top dog teams and i i think you're going to start to see the tide shift a little bit um across the nhl but um but really as as far as where where we're sitting i'm really looking forward to just if my my early predictions we we make the playoffs 100% and we make a deep enough run to to at least at the deadline, look to add a a piece, but we really have to, I was watching some math earlier. It's, it's not looking like we can really add, you know, much more than three to $4 million at the, at the deadline. Unless
0: we gave up a valuable piece, but at that point, then what are we doing? You know?
1: Yeah. But I, for me, it's like, you know, just, we're so exciting to watch right now that like, it's hard to watch some of these teams that you watched for so long be these top dogs. And, you know, they're kind of, like the ground is falling out from beneath them, you know?
0: Well, I feel like, you know, if things don't work out, like where we don't, like, you know, I, I agree with you. I feel like the same thing, playoffs will happen, deep push for the playoffs. But you got to think of the how the Avalanche did it. They were knocking on the door for the last three or four years, getting close, tagging, plugging, and playing different pieces in until they figured out something that worked. I think we will be in a similar position for the next four years, like, you know?
1: Yeah. That's what I kind of mean. I feel like it's, it's all, it's up to to getting there to find out like, okay, what do we really need? And like, it's like learning a job, you know, the only way to really like learn it is to like kind of screw up and like keep going through it. the
0: season. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And just like figure it out when you get there, like, okay, this is what we really need. So, you know, are we there yet? No, but I think we're, I think we're ready to at least go to work. You know what I mean? And we got, we can get there and we now we can learn kind of like what, what we really need. So, that's why I think I'm excited about.
0: I'm, I'm excited, Steve. That's I. I just can't wait for it to be October hoodies,
1: hockey. I'm ready. Me too, man. We'll I'll talk to you soon, brother. All right. Thanks, Steve.